can tell it's getting close Love to Christmas. Radio. <laughs> there ain't hardly anybody here. Yeah. Amen. Well, we glad. I'm glad y'all are here, though. Praise God. Amen. And we got folks out sick. Huh? They were able to be. That's right. Amen. Amen. Had a good week. Amen. Looking forward to this today. Amen. Take your Bible. I'm the Bible. What am I saying? Bible. Stand with me. Take your red song book. Let's turn to number 84. That's right. Number 84. Mansion over the hilltop. I'm satisfied with just a cottage below, a little silver and a little gold, but in that city where the ransom will shine, I want a gold one, that silver Paul, but that's my Timothy right there. <laughs> Amen. 
I've known him since he was 16. You were 16, wasn't you? You were no, you were 16, weren't you? You were 18. Really? I thought it was 16. Anyway, I was I was out working on the church sign in Paris one day, and he come walking down the street in a in a short sleeve dress shirt and a tie, and I said, "Well, he's got to be an independent Baptist," and he was. Amen. <laughs> and uh, we we became friends, and and uh, and he he well, you lived with me for a while. Stayed out stayed out there with us for a while, and and uh, he lived in Georgia, and now he lives in Mesquite. And grateful to have him with us this morning. He's been a good friend to us over the years, and he's 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 family to us. Anyway, it's good to be in, in church this morning. We had a good time last night, amen, at our party, and uh, had a lot of fun. And I won some games last night. I don't know if y'all noticed that or not. I didn't cheat. I won. I won outright. You know, the only one, that, hey, the only one that couldn't get me was bingo because you can't cheat in bingo. <laughs> yeah, Stephanie won one, too. I forgot that. She did. I know. Well, I beat her this year. So she's probably still sore about that. But anyway. But yeah, we did. We had a good time last night. We're going to fellowship after church today. and We got food left over. We're going to eat and enjoy some, some fellowship uh, this afternoon. But anyway, um, any prayer requests this morning? I got one right off the bat. My stepmother just texted me right before service. Uh, she's over in McKinney. Her name is Renee Osuna. She said she just she tested positive for COVID. So y'all pray for her. She said she didn't have any symptoms, though. Her, her uh, husband, Michael, had it. And uh, she's been looking after him, so she's evidently got it too. So, but uh, just pray for them. Uh, I think I mentioned that Brother Daryl and Wanda Weaver both have it. Uh, they're getting over it, though. Y'all pray for them as well. I'm sure there's plenty of people around that do have it. Anybody? Any prayer, Miss Charlotte? Yeah. All right. Yeah, her neighbor Winona. Uh, David and Diane sends money for the dogs. Mm-hmm. Her sister passed away yesterday. Okay. Mm. Yeah, she had, uh, Jenny Prim, she had uh, cancer, but she had fallen some time back and hit her head and mm. a blood clot, they think, oh, developed. But anyway, she died yesterday and they, they even got COVID and they can't even mm-hmm. eat. Wow. So she's really, yeah. Diane's really sick. Right. The woman that works with me here, her husband, Mark, that had went and had a test done, he had that. Follicular lymphoma. That's that's follicular refers to the skin. So I mean. fighting for truth and right, fighting against the bad guys. Let's pray God give them extra extra help and a courage and uh, and resolve to stay stay the course. Amen. All right. Let's pray for the Lord's church. Let's pray for all the preachers around the world that are lifting up Christ. And let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Brother Robert, lead us. Lord, you heard all those things, prayer, please, Lord, and you can meet, and you can talk to you, Lord, 
Amen. Be seated. Savior to me. I was lost in sin, but Jesus, what? Did I do it wrong? That's the wrong tune. Okay, I got it. You got it. Go ahead. <laughs> You're right about that. I was lost in sin, but Jesus rescued me. He's a wonderful Savior to me. I was bound by fear, but Jesus set me free. He's a wonderful Savior to me. For he's a wonderful Savior to me. He's a wonderful Savior to me. I was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. He's a wonderful Savior to me. He's a friend so true, so patient and so kind. He's a wonderful Savior to me. Everything I need in Him I always find. He's a wonderful Savior to me. For He's a wonderful Savior to me. He's a wonderful Savior to me. I was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. He's a wonderful Savior to me. He is always near to comfort and to cheer. He's a wonderful Savior to me. He forgives my sin. He dries my every tear. He's a wonderful Savior to me. For he a wonderful Savior to me. He's a wonderful Savior to me. I was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. He's a wonderful Savior to me. Here glows the love of Jesus every day. He's a wonderful Savior to me. Sweeter is his grace while pressing on my way. He's a wonderful Savior to me. For he's a wonderful Savior to me. He's a wonderful Savior to me. I was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. He's a wonderful Savior to me. 
Amen. Praise God. 89. 89. Face to face with Christ my Savior. One day we're going to stand there like that. Amen. We're washed in the blood. Face to face with Christ my Savior. Face to face, what will it be? When with rapture I behold him, Jesus Christ, who died for me. Face to face I shall behold him, far beyond the starry sky. Face to face in all his glory, I shall see him by and by. Only faintly now I see him with a darkling veil between. But a blessed day is coming when his glory shall be seen. Face to face I shall behold him far beyond the starry sky. Face to face in all his glory, I shall see him by and by. And the fourth, last verse. Face to face, oh blissful moment. Face to face to see and know. Face to face with my Redeemer. Jesus Christ, who loves me so. Face to face I shall behold him far beyond the starry sky. Face to face in all his glory, I shall see him by and by. Amen. Glory. Number 16. Number 16. Number 16. We'll skip the fourth. We'll do all the rest. One day when heaven was filled with his princes, one day when sin was as black as could be, Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin. Wealth among men, my example is he. Lived, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sins far away. Rising, he justified freely forever. One day he's coming. Oh, glorious day. One day they led him up Calvary's mountain. One day they nailed him to die on the tree. Suffering anguish, despising, rejected. Bearing our sins, my Redeemer is he. Living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sins far away. Right. 
rising, he's justified, freely forever. One day he's coming, oh glorious day. One day they left him alone in the garden. One day he rested from suffering free. Angels came down o'er his tomb to keep vigil. Hope of the hopeless, my Savior is he. Living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sin far away. Rising, he justified freely forever. One day he's coming, oh glorious day. And the fifth, one day the trumpet will sound for his coming. One day the skies with his glories will shine. Wonderful day, my beloved one bringing. Glorious Savior, this Jesus is mine. Living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sin far away. Rising, he justified freely forever. One day, he's coming. Oh, glorious day. Hallelujah. And he is, praise God. He is. 289. Oh, that's mine, isn't it? 289. Ain't y'all, that's me. <laughs> I forgot I wrote the number down. You can sing with me. If you want to turn and sing with me, you're welcome to. 289. We're going to sing. We're going to sing, Oh, Come All You Faithful. Y'all just sing with me. Jesus to thee be 
your glory give. Word of the Father, now in flesh appearing. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him. Christ the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, brother. Well, glory. It's good to be in church this morning. Amen. That's the last time I want to see you before you open presents and stuff. Well, no, we got Wednesday night. I forgot that. We got Wednesday night. <coughs> Amen. May not be, I don't know how many will be here Wednesday night. Are you going to be here Wednesday night? Hold your hand if you know for sure you're going to be here Wednesday night. One, two, three, four. Okay, we'll have enough. Amen. We'll have a plenty. It'll be all right. Amen. It's good to be in church this morning. I, I realize people got stuff going on and, and it ain't gonna, I'm not going to get all bent out of shape or anything. If you're, if you're somewhere with your family, I understand, and we'll, we want to be back as soon as we can. I want to remind you though, next Sunday morning, next Sunday morning, uh, my friend who I've known for many years, he's from Oshkosh, Wisconsin. That's not where he's from. He's from Michigan actually, but he lives in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And uh, the Bearing Precious Seeds Ministries that we support is out of the church where he is a member. Wildwood Baptist Church in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, which I thought was pretty unique out of all the churches in America we support in the church he goes to. So, But anyway, uh, Brother Tino Gropi, and uh, I told Leo last night he's half Polish and half Italian, and we won't hold that against him, but he's, he's a blessed guy. I love him to death. He's a friend of mine, and you're going to love him too. He has Genesis Evidence Ministries, and uh, he teaches all about uh, biblical creation and uh, against all this this nonsense and garbage that, that the world spews out uh, about big bangs and monkeys and things. And, I mean, he just he just lays it out from the Word of God. And, 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 and that's not the only field of expertise of his, but we'll, we'll just see what the Lord leads him to do while he's here. But he'll be here next uh, Sunday, the 27th, and I'm going I'm to have him teach to the Sunday school uh, hour and the morning service and then the evening service. So he'll be teaching three separate times and he's got lots to say and he's not hard to listen to so try to be here for that as much as you can and you'll get a blessing out of it all right well let's get into the word of god today i want you to take your bible and turn with me to the book of mark y'all realize if you think about it we haven't been in mark have we not much not much <clears throat> and there's a reason for that mark is not nearly as descriptive as the other gospel writers. But there's a little piece of something that I couldn't let go. One little snippet, one little snapshot, one little Polaroid in the Bible that you need to see. And God, you know, I don't believe anything is an accident landing in the Word of God. Do you? I believe everything put in there is for our edification, which means our building up or our maturing or our growing. Everything in there is for us to learn from and again, God doesn't put anything in there just to... He don't put commercials or advertisements in the Word of God, just stories, anecdotes. He puts things in there He wants us to learn from. So we're going to do that this morning. Mark chapter 14, 43 through 52. The title of my message this morning is Too Big of a Hurry. Too Big of a Hurry. I started to call it A Scared Running Naked Boy, but that didn't sound like a good title. Amen? So we're going to look at it Too Big of a Hurry this morning. 
Mark chapter 14, verses 43 through 52. And I'm assuming you found that because I don't hear any pages turning. I see a couple turning pages. You know, in this day and time, you can't tell anybody's looking in their Bible because they're, they're, they're on their phone most of the time looking for the Scripture. Can't hear that turning. But Mark 14, 43 through 52. All right. The Bible says, And immediately while he yet spake, cometh Judas, one of the twelve, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves, from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. And he that betrayed him had given them a token, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same is he. Take him and lead him away safely. As soon as he was come, he goeth straightway to him, and saith, Master, Master, and kissed him. And they laid their hands on him and took him. And one of them that stood by drew a sword, that being Peter, and smote a servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. Now, we didn't deal with that, but I just can't, I'm just trying to picture in my mind the screaming fit that must have went on as soon as that guy got his ear chopped off and seen it laying on the ground. I just can't imagine. Can you? That must have been a bloody screaming scene. But, I, you know, the Bible's very graphic, and it? it don't leave details out. It wants you to think about these things. Amen. And so here's his ear laying on the ground, and Jesus answered and said unto him, Are you come out as against a thief? with swords and staves to take me. And by the way, Jesus did heal him and put his ear back on. Uh, that didn't in the scripture, but it's there. And uh, so he said, are you coming out like I'm a thief? You're going to come out here? You're going to arrest me with all these weapons and everything? I was daily with you in the temple teaching, and you took me not. But the scriptures must be fulfilled. Amen? That's why everything happened just like it was prophesied, because the scripture must be fulfilled. Amen? You know, that gives us assurance. When the, when the prophecies are fulfilled to the letter, we know that God is right on top of everything. We know that God doesn't make mistakes. God doesn't fail. God's never early and God's never late. It happens just like it's supposed to, just like that clock ticking up there. It just keeps on ticking just like it's supposed to. Amen? Amen. Now, let's look at our text this morning. Verses 50 through 52. And they all forsook him, and fled. What a sad statement. All those men who had gathered there in the garden with him that night, as soon as those soldiers grabbed Jesus, it was every man for himself. They all took off running. Just like the cops pulled up in the parking lot. They all just scattered every which way. <clears throat> and there followed him a certain young man, having a linen cloth cast about his naked body, and the young men laid hold on him, and he left the linen cloth and fled from them naked. Let's go to the Lord in word of prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, I come before your throne this morning, and I ask you for grace and power to preach the word of God today. Father, I pray, Lord, that this message, Lord, would, would uh, Lord not just be delivered by me, Lord, but be delivered by the Holy Ghost into our hearts. Father, I pray for each one who's in the room listening now, Father, under the sound of my voice, but Lord, I pray for all those who are listening, Lord, by way of the Internet, Lord, on their phone, wherever they may be listening in. Lord, it may not even be on this day. It may be months from now, even years, Father, but wherever this message finds a listening ear, Lord, I pray you'd work in that heart to open it 
And, Lord, that they might receive the truth of the word of God. I pray, Father, please use, use these messages, use these uh, these sermons, Father. We pray that we can reach out and we see souls saved. Lord, maybe we won't see it here on this earth, but someday when we're gathered in heaven, we'll know that they got saved as a result of our labors here. And Father, we pray, Lord, you bless us now. Bless us this morning. Holy Ghost, meet with each one. Stir us. Awaken us, Lord, to the word of God and the truth in it. And we'll thank you now and we'll give you praise. Father, I pray you put your hand on me. Give me Holy Ghost power now to preach the word of God. Forgive my sins and cleanse me from anything that would hinder. And I'll give you the glory and the praise for all of it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, again, let me read those those three. And they all forsook him and fled. And there followed him a certain young man, having a linen cloth cast about his naked body. And the young man, men laid hold on him, and he left the linen cloth and fled from them naked. Well, who was this certain young man? Who was he? Why was he out in the middle of the night wrapped up in a sheet? Why did he take off running? What, what What's going on here? Well, I, I believe this young man was none other than the author. I believe this young, certain young man to be nobody other than John Mark himself. John Mark was younger than the rest. He was a teenager at the time of the arrest of Jesus. And it's not only my opinion that it was John Mark, but, but many respected commentators, they all, they all agree with me, not all of them, but, but most of them agree with that. And, and I'll give you some reasons why I think it is him before I get into the message. Just, just, just to kind of say I ain't just pulling this out of thin air. Uh, he's not the first gospel writer to refer to himself in a vague manner. Well, you, you, you think about John. What did John say? The disciple whom Jesus loved. The disciple whom Jesus loved. The disciple whom Jesus loved. He was referring to himself in that manner rather than saying me or John. He said the disciple whom Jesus loved. Uh, two different times in the, in the Gospel of Luke, Luke refers to himself without calling himself by name. But... Another thing about it is that this man is very impulsive. He jumps up out of bed with a she- just a sheet, didn't even bother to get his clothes, and took off into the night going to rescue the Lord or going to do something. And he, 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 he does it quickly, in a, and, and, and that's, that's John Mark's nature. And, and if you, if you want to know why I say that, it's because John Mark uses the Greek word euthios over and over and over through his gospel. And that Greek word euthios is translated straightway, forthwith, and immediately. Okay? Those are impulsive terms. Let's do it now, 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 now. I mean, that's impulsive. And that's the way John Mark was, and he used that type of language. And, and, and beyond that, how in the world else did he know this happened? Everybody else had ran. There's nobody else around. It had to have been him. So anyway, let's get into it tonight, or this morning, rather. Uh, so I, I, I'll give a title to this. It's Too Big of a Hurry. Too big of a hurry. He was in a hurry. Let's let's just kind of let's just kind of talk about what all happened here. All right. We know that the disciples. We know that they had been in the upper room that night. The Lord's Supper was 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 taken there, and they went down from there again. We know they went out the, down the steps and out and out the southern gate. We think, and they went up through the Kidron Valley. Well, Judas had gone and 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 told the told the high priest and all of them, "You come with me, and I'll lead you to him." Judas had no idea they were going to the garden. 
He had not been given those details. He had no clue where they would went. So the only place he knew to go was where? Where he had left Jesus. That would have been the first place he would have looked. The scripture doesn't cover that, but he did, Jesus didn't say, oh, by the way, Judas, you can find me after a while at the Garden of Gethsemane. He didn't do that. So Judas, in his human brain, said, i got to go back where I was at. So they went back, and they must have went in up the room, looked for Jesus, couldn't find him. Who was in the upper uh, the, uh, All the, the, the New Testament church was there. There were people there. I'm, I'm assuming that's the upper room. That's where they gathered later on. There must have been believers in that house. Am I right? Okay. I, I, I think... It stands to reason that, that this certain young man must have been there where they were at. When the soldiers came in, he heard the, the rustling and the, and, the, and the stomping of feet going up the stairs and things and, and probably woke up out of his sleep and, and, and heard, heard them looking for Jesus. And in the middle of the night, he doesn't wait to get dressed. It's an emergency. So he throws a sheet over him that he's been sleeping wrapped in. Doesn't bother to find his clothes, just throws the sheet off around him, and he runs out into the night to defend Jesus. That's a silly notion in itself. But he ran out to defend Jesus. He did it without thinking about it, without any sort of consideration at all. Out he goes into the cold night air to try to deliver his master. The truth of it is he, he had lots of zeal, but his zeal overtook his common sense. What was he going to do naked in a bed sheet? Really? We're going to look at the good and the bad and what happened with John Mark that night. First of all, it, it's good and right for us to be quick to follow Jesus. I, I, I don't deny that whatsoever. I, I, don't, I, I don't think there's any reason for a person to delay in following Christ. We can't fault him for his courage. I mean, praise God. I, I, I wish every Christian had that kind of courage that I, I don't need anything. I don't even need, all I need something to cover my nakedness with and I'll follow the Lord. I mean, I wish we all, not that we ought to all run out in the bed sheet. I'm not saying that at all. But we ought to all have an urgency that nothing would hinder us from following our Lord. I, 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 I believe that with all my ransomed soul. I've said before, we ought, to be like, we ought to be like hunting dogs just pulling at the chain, ready to go and serve God and do whatever, we, whatever he calls us to do. I mean, John Mark ran out like one man against an army. He was ready. He was chading. He didn't think, think anything about the danger. He didn't think anything at that moment. He thought nothing for the circumstances. He just went to rescue his Lord. He knew that he was in danger, and he said, he, he's done so much for me, I'm going to save him somehow. Like I said, it's good and it's right for us to jump and follow Christ immediately. But let's be honest. Most Christians move at a snail's pace for the cause of Christ as it is. That's the truth. Uh, listen, <clears throat> we're quick to handle and give attention to matters of the flesh. I mean, really, we are. But we're procrastinators when it comes to matters of faith. I mean, listen, if we got a bill, we got to pay. We're going to get it. We're going to get it paid on time. But if we got something between us and the Lord, we love to let it go for months and months. We don't tend to spiritual matters like we do to matters of the flesh. We ought to. We ought to be ready. We ought to be waiting for the Lord's, for the Lord's call to do something, for the Lord to, to move us in a certain direction. We ought to be looking and anticipating and listening and watching and waiting. 
but we don't like we should. We should all be have that have that intensity to be ready for Christ, whatever He wants. But you know the lost are lazy as well. You tell them their house is on fire, well they're immediately going to call the fire department. You tell them that you tell them that uh, that they're sick and their their health in danger, well they're going to they're going to call the doctor and make an appointment immediately. But you tell them that their immortal souls in danger of hell fire, you know what they'll do? They'll sit there and think they got all the time in the world to take care of it. There's no urgency. And I and I wonder for those that are lost, and I'm, I'm not saying there's anybody in here lost because I don't I don't know that there is. I don't know everybody's testimony in this room, but I think I know for the most part. But to the one who who may hear me this morning, haven't you waited long enough? I mean. Good night. Haven't haven't you given a life of sin a long enough trial? Look at this world. Look at the shape this world's in. I mean, I, I would ask myself this question: What have you truly gained from sin? What has it done for you? John eight thirty four. Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. We put a, a person's in bondage to it, and they don't even know they're wrapped up in it. They're chained to it. They can't get free from it. All Satan's apples have worms. I learned that from Dr. Rice a long time ago. James 1.15, the Bible says, Then when lust hath conceived, you thought about it, and you said, Oh, yeah, I'm going to do that. It bringeth forth sin. The mu- listen, can I just say this to you? Billy Sunday, you say this. You can't, listen, it's not a sin to have a sinful thought, but it's a sin when you begin to think on that sinful thought. And as somebody said, roll it around in your mouth like a piece of candy. Billy Sunday said, you can't keep a bird from landing on your head, but you can keep him from building a nest. Amen? That thought may pass through your mind, but it doesn't have to stay there. I'd I'd ask this question, too, to a lost man today. How much time do you have left? Hebrews 3, 7 and 8 says, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today... If you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts today. I mean, we don't know how much time we got left. Like I said a while ago, in a lot of the shape of this world that we're living in right now, in a lot of the mess that our nation is in, I mean, I, I don't know why anybody would hesitate. It, I mean, a blind man can see what we're headed toward. We're headed for, we're headed for, for a satanic mess if God doesn't intervene. We're all, oh, let me let me rephrase it. Let me back that up two steps. We're already in a satanic mess. If God doesn't intervene, it's going to go deep. People don't know what kind of mess they're really in in this nation and in this world. I'm going to tell you what I'd say to somebody today is hurry, 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 and come to Christ. Come to Him, even though you're unprepared, even though you're naked, even though you you, you don't know what you're going to do. Listen, He'll wash you clean. He'll wash you clean in his blood and he'll clothe you in his righteousness. That's the way we all have to come to him. Naked and unprepared, there's nothing. Like the, like the verse of the song says, In my hand no price I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. There's nothing any good about any of us. But I'm going to tell you something. Like I said, they, 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 there's a real reason to hurry to come to Christ. But I, I want you to understand this. There's a hurry for us to warn against too. There's a hurry to warn against. Second Corinthians 
says this. It says, examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. There's a lot of people who may think they're saved, but yet they had no true salvation experience. There's a little gospel track. I'm actually going to order some of them. And it's kind of scary. My wife picked it up. She didn't like it very much. She said, that's kind of scary. I said, well, I understand it's scary. I said, it's not telling you to lose your salvation because that's what it almost seems to imply. The cover of it says, I thought I was saved. Now I'm in hell. That sounds off when you read that statement. But when you examine what it's saying, you thought you were saved. It's not that you were saved. You just thought you were saved. Well, how can a person think they're saved and not be saved? Well, I can tell you they hurried. Let me give you some examples. There's the hurried profession through the persuasion of friends. Just go with me in your mind, if you will. Let's picture a church camp. Let's picture a week long of, of a group of friends who played and had fun and sang songs and done all kinds of things. And one of them gets under real, honest-to-God, Holy Ghost conviction. In the last meeting of the night, or the last night, one of them gets under honest-to-God, Holy Ghost conviction, and during the invitation gets up and takes off down the aisle. And all five of their friends come out right behind them and follow them down. Why? Because they're a group. And, that, and, and they're all caught up in the emotional aspect of it and they follow their friend down to the altar and, and sit down with them and then about here comes here comes somebody pressure 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 I pray this prayer and you'll be saved and they have no conviction whatsoever they simply wrapped up in the emotion of the moment following their friend but yet there's no conviction there's no conviction over sin there has to be a Holy Ghost drawing without conviction there'll be no conversion I remember just as plain as can be when my son Jesse, who just recently got married, he's 20, how old is he, 22, 23? 23? Goodness gracious, I'm getting old. Anyway, he was four years old. I remember it like it was yesterday. We were laying, laying on the bed in my bedroom, and he was sitting across my chest, and I'm laying there looking at him and playing with him. And he's looking around the room, and around the room I have pictures of my daddy. My daddy had passed away just a couple of years before, and we were sitting there on the bed, and I was telling him about my daddy and, and, and uh, all about him. And, and, and I was telling him that, you know, he died and when, when, when Jesse was, was a year old, and, and I was telling him all about that. And, and he, he said, where is he now? I said, he's in heaven. And he said, and we talked about that a little more. And and Jesse looked down at me, and his eyes welled up with tears. And he said, he said, how can I go to heaven? I said, well, you gotta you gotta understand it. You gotta understand that that Jesus died for your sins, and and, and you gotta you gotta you gotta talk to him and ask him to be your savior. And and, and big old crocodile tears in his eyes. He looked down at me. He said, Daddy, will you help me? And all the tears just flooded out of my eyes as we laid there in the bedroom. And I, sh- and I shared with my four-year-old, four-year-old son. You say, well, you ought to know better. He was too little. He said to me, Daddy, I want to know how. What are you going to do? You're going to tell him, aren't you? 
So I told my son how to be saved. My four-year-old son bowed his little old head, and he prayed a prayer, and he, and he prayed trusting Jesus as his Savior. But let me tell you, and I baptized him that two weeks later. I baptized him in a tank all the while thinking, you know what, praise God he got saved at a young age. I can't believe he got saved so young. Fast forward about 10 years, maybe 11, on a Wednesday night. Jesse's sitting at Faith Baptist Church back there. He's got headphones on. He's got two monitor screens in front of him. He's running a, 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 the cameras and turning one camera to another. And he's running the, running the camera system in the church. And he got up from there, went in the bathroom, got on his knees, and he realized something. He realized it before he went in there, but he said he went in the bathroom and got on his knees. And he told Jesus, he told the Lord, he said, I realize when I was little, I didn't get saved because I was grieved over my sin. I, I, I asked you to save me because I wanted to go to heaven and be with my papa. It had nothing to do with salvation because of his sin and his sinful condition and needing to be washed clean. He simply wanted to see his papa when he, when he died. Let me tell you something. I praise God that he came to that realization. I praise God that he didn't go through his life thinking that he was saved and all he had was an emotional experience tied to a relative. You understand what I'm saying? That's how that's how easy people can be deceived by the devil. You can't come to Christ because somebody else wants you to or because of somebody else. You have to come because you're drawn by the Spirit of God. You have to come because you have a need and a desire to be saved. It's not so, and by the way, it's not something that'll fade away. Amen. Though there's ebb and flow and highs and lows, let me tell you something, you will never lose your love for Christ if you ever come to him and you trust him as your Savior. I said there's a hurry to warn against. There's a hurried profession through excitement. I said excitement there, but I want to I clear up what I'm talking about. <clears throat> Not long after I got into the ministry, I still had a lot of learning to do. I still, I still had to come out from a lot of worldly garbage, and, and I was pastoring out here at Lane's Chapel, and I, and I, and I took Lucas... And, and and Stuart Rourke and Mark, I can't remember his name, and Juan Espinosa from Clarksville. And we all, well, no, I, I, I took them to a, to a uh, concert in Texarkana. It was a Christian rock group. But before that, I hate to admit all this, but before that, myself and, and two or three of young young people who, who I knew, who had, one of them I had personally witnessed to and, and led to Christ, he was a young believer and, and his friend and another person we all loaded up and went to dallas and i carried them of all things to a uh, y'all probably never heard of them but they were called dc talk it was a contemporary christian uh rock group back and this this been 20 years ago and i carried them over to dallas and and i thought i was doing right i was i was trying to be a good a good mentor and a good friend because they were all younger than me and we went over there and went in that thing and i, I was sitting there and they were all they were all running around with the rest of them, I was sitting there listening to all that blaring music. And I listened. I grew up going to rock concerts. I, I loved all that. But once I started serving God, once I turned all that life over to him and said, I don't want that no more. Listen, being in that room, I just felt the presence of something dark. It wasn't, God wasn't there. I remember looking up in that. I remember looking up in that in that building and saying, "God, where are you at in here?" I saw fights breaking out, people just slamming into each other. I, I saw. I, I walked over to the exit, and I, there was a security guard. It was right where the where the, the the big room funnels out to the 
the, the whatever they call it, the mezzanine or whatever around it. And there was a security guard, and he was trying to break up flat between two people. And I and I after they, he got it broke up, I stood there and I said, "Sir, let me tell you something." I said, "This is not Christianity. This is not what it looks like." There were so many young people in there, and they were just pumping them up, just emotionally, emotionally, emotionally. And I'm sure there's some of them come out of there that night and call themselves a Christian because of that rock concert. You can't get saved if God's not growing. How many people go to go to go to a charismatic church, and at the end of the service they they say, "Come down here and get the Holy Ghost. Come down and get the Holy Ghost." And they get over and they say, "Let her loose. Let her loose." Turn your tongue loose, let her loose, and, and they get them worked up in an emotional frenzy, and, and they, they try to do something to please those people. And they get up from there, oh, she got it, she got it, she got it, and they jumping around and hollering and carrying on, and they walk out of there thinking they got saved. People will go to hell thinking something, some emotionally charged experience saved them. People following this prosperity gospel, these, these lying charlatan snake oil salesmen who promise them everything in the world, but don't ever tell them how to be saved. And they think they got it because then people mention Jesus. They're going to go to hell believing nonsense. And then there's the other aspect of it. There's the hurried profession through beauty, sentimentality. I mean, I could throw a rock probably from here and hit what I'm talking about. It's right over there. It's got a statue out front of us. Joseph standing out front of it. Catholic Church is the one of the most the, the biggest, widest gates to hell in the world. And people they they, they, they sit and they, they, they look at all the ornate stained glass and the and the and the they see them swinging the incense and the big gold and this and the robes and all that and they go, Ooh, God's God's incredible. And that's not God. They ooh and they ah over chapels and 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 and, tab- and, and temples and 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 cathedrals and and they ooh and ah over all that and God is not even in it. It's a dead religion. False impressions that the road is smooth and easy. I'm gonna tell you, you old time Baptist, you know it ain't easy, and you know it ain't smooth. It is fraught with obstacles and pitfalls and people that get in a hurry. They hurry to the wrong thing. God must draw. God must pull. God must get you there. You can't come on your own. You must be drawn by God himself. I said there was a hurry to warn against. I got a hurry too. There was a hurry to run away. He hurried. Hey, listen, John Mark hurried. He hurried out there in the night, running with his little sheet around him, running with his little feet, running as fast as he could through the dirt, trying to catch up with them soldiers. And he's got up to the soldiers. He's peeping around through them. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? I mean, he was ready to do something. But it didn't take long. It didn't take long until he took off running. Let me tell you, there's some who do run well at the first, but they can't keep the pace up. They stop to rest, and they never get back in the road again. Let me tell you quickly the story about a friend of mine named Dean. I think I may have told you before, but but the, it was right at the time when God really wrung me out, and I and I and I laid down my worldliness and I turned myself back over to Him. And said, "Lord, I'm yours." And He called me to preach, and all that happened. I was working at a place over in Paris, and the, the stepson of the owner, he and I had gone to school together, and he he said he had gotten saved. 
he had gotten saved at East Parish Baptist Church. And he, he was all excited, and, and he had a new group of friends he was running with, and, and me and him was working together. We were talking about the Lord every day at work. And Like I told you, I got fired from that job because we made the people we was working with uncomfortable because they drank beer every evening when they got off work. They didn't like to hear about Jesus all day long. So I got fired. But nevertheless, I kept up with Dean. <clears throat> After Dean got out of my presence, you know what Dean did? Dean went, Dean went downhill quick. First of all, Dean, Dean, like I say, he had a new group of friends. Well, he had parties out in his house. We invited all his Christian friends. But I found out real quick what Dean was all about. Dean was trying to find a new group of girls to hang out and date. That's what Dean was looking for. You see, but as soon as I got out of his presence, as soon as, as, soon as the influence that I brought into his life was gone, Dean was gone. Dean now is a drummer. He's my age. He's a drummer for a death metal band in Dallas called Flesh Welder. He dresses like something out of a horrible nightmare. He said he was a Christian. Let me share this too. I, I want to share about, about two young people who was in our church in Paris. Grew up in our church in Paris. Helped school them. Both of them made professions of faith in Christ. The boy said he was called to preach one time. Going to be a preacher. Can I tell you where they're at now? Both of them claim to be atheists. She thinks she's a boy. They both hate God with everything in them. She actually claims to love Satan. They grew up in our church in Paris. But you know what? They got out of church. didn't take them long. Quit running. Because there wasn't no real run in them. The Bible says in Mark 4, 14... And then verse 16 and 17, follow me here, listen to me. The sower soweth the word. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves. And so endure, but for a time afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended, which means what? They run away. These are not genuine Christians. These are man-made, self-made Christians. And self-made Christians can't keep going and always give up because time wears them out and they turn back to their former state because there was nothing real in them to begin with. And I'm going to tell you something this morning. I fully admit that I have made a fool out of myself and I've been an embarrassment to my Lord growing up. Amen. I was a terrible, terrible child of God. I've done things I wish I could forget, but no matter how low I sunk, I would have never denied that I knew the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, I'd been embarrassed, but I would have never denied that I knew him as my Savior. I would have never called myself an atheist or an agnostic because I was truly born again. Amen? Listen, a, 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 I believe it's all my soul. A child of God will never say, I don't, I am not, a, I am not saved. I say that, but I remember Peter. But I want to say this here toward the last. I said there's there's a running away, but there's two kinds. There's the temporary running away, and then there's the final running away. Let's look at the temporary real quick. I'd like to warn young people and young believers because I, I, they're probably the most susceptible to the temporary running away. I know I was. 
But let me say to you this morning, the devil's going to try to lure you away from God, lure you away from the Bible, lure you away from, from church, lure you away from the things of God. But you'll. But listen to me. Don't take vacations from God back to your old way of life because you'll make a fool out of yourself just like John Mark did when he took off running. John Mark was like a chihuahua in a little sweater running out after a pack of pit bulls. That's what he was. I mean, in all honesty. And as soon as one grabbed him, he took off running scared. He left his sheet and he went streaking back home. I mean, what a hero. What a brave warrior. What a joke. Luke nine fifty nine through 62, and he, and he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me to first go and bury my father. Jesus speaking to a man speaking to Jesus. He, Jesus said to him, he said, follow me. And he said, Lord, I will, but let me first go back home and, and wait till my daddy dies, and I'll bury him, and then I'll follow you. And Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but first let me go bid them farewell which are at my home, at my house. Let me go back and tell everybody bye before I go. And Jesus said unto him, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Let me tell you something. I just praise God that he turned my life around. I praise God that God's people have put confidence and faith in me after I've shown a pattern of good works and shown that, I, that I'm going to be consistent. But I'm going to tell you, they, they, there's, a, there's a lot of people, a lot of believers where I won't trust somebody after they fall down for a long time. Because it, especially if you have a habit of falling back and falling back and falling back. There's no confidence that you can have. He said, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back, spit. And I've told you that before. You look back, you can't plow right. You're going to go every which way with that plow. You've got to be looking straight ahead and focused on where you're going with a plow if you're going to plow a straight row. Some people are so touchy about their faith or their lack of faith. They don't want to discuss it. But you know what? If, if what you've got is worth having, it's worth talking about, isn't it? Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, I'm, listen, what God gave me, I want to tell people about. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, as Paul said. Amen. We ought not ever be afraid. We ought not ever run away from it. Amen. But people are touchy about their faith. They don't want to discuss it. They don't want to discuss it. And it irritates them when you try to, bring, when you try to drag it out of them. Why? Because they've got something to hide, so they'd rather run from it than talk. Amen. And yet here's Jesus calling after them. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. Oh, yeah, you got problems, you got issues, you got some sin in your life. You're struggling. Come unto me, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He calls after them as they're running from him. It's such an ugly thing when a believer runs away. You know, it, it really is. I mean, you just know that them soldiers was laughing their heads off at John Mark when he's running away naked into the dark. I mean, they had to have been. They had to have been. You think about Peter sitting around that fire and that little young girl saying, you're one of them, and him getting mad and cussing and saying, no, I wasn't one of them. I mean, it's, it's, it's sad. If I think of Demas, who was a, 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 a companion of Paul, and, and Paul said about him, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. He loved the world more than he loved the Lord. And then I think about Peter 
after the Lord's resurrection, Peter, he went back to the fishing boats. He said this statement. He said, I go a fishing, which means, it was hupego is the word, which means I'm done. I'm done. I'm going back to my former way of life. And what happened? He took six, six of those disciples with him. They went back too. We can't run. We can't run because of trials in our life, because trials are going to come. First Peter 5.10, But the God of all grace who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you've suffered a while, and we're going to go through trials, we're going to go through hard things, he says, then he'll make you perfect. He'll mature you through those things. Establish, strengthen, and settle you. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, we know what it says. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God will, with the temptation, give you a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. He is our way of escape. Run to him, not run from him. Run to him, and he'll give you rest. But I said there's a final one, and I'm almost done. I promise. I'm getting close. There's a final apostasy. There's a final running away. And let me tell you something. None of God's people will ever go that far. They can't. We're sealed by the Spirit of God to the day of redemption. We cannot lose what we have. You, if you ever had it, you can't ever lose it. No vessel ever given God's mercy, mercy winds up lost. But you know what? There's a lot of people that goes to churches that's going to wind up in hell. You know why? Because they're like artificial trees. They look like the real thing, but they just imitation and dead. There's a lot of people in churches like that. They was they was some like that in the church of Sardis, and you know, in Revelation three one, the Bible says, "Thou hast a name that thou livest and art dead." There's some in that church that were dead, and that church was one of the first ones that wound up in ruins. To be to be honest with you, and and think about this: how horrible it must be to die an apostate. To have known the truth. I mean, to be an apostate, you must have known the truth and then departed from the truth. It's not that you didn't know. You do know. It's not, that, not to say anybody was ever saved, but they knew the way of salvation. Uh, listen, there's plenty of people who know how to be saved, and they know they ought to be saved. Matter of fact, there's some that may have been under conviction, and they, and they just held on to that pew too long and they, until the invitation was over, and they didn't get saved. They didn't go home and take care of it. And now to stare into their own mortality in the face of God is too late to believe. Too late to believe. When their soul is naked before Almighty God and they hear, Depart from me, ye that work iniquity, depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. What a horrible thing to hear. Forever, done, over, no more. You rejected me and I reject you can't imagine trembling the agony I urge all of us to heed the warning in 2 Corinthians 13 5 the Bible says examine yourselves whether ye be in the faith prove your own selves know ye not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you except ye be reprobates I urge you this morning be true to Christ be true to him. And not only that, not only be faithful and true to Christ, but be faithful to judge yourself. We're so good at judging the actions of other people. But let me tell you, the best thing you could ever do is learn how to look in the mirror and judge. Judge yourself. The Bible says if we judge ourselves, we wouldn't be judged. 
If we simply if we simply look at ourselves through the lens of the Word of God, we'd find that we want to make all kinds of changes in us. Build your life on Christ or suffer the consequences. A life without a life not built on Christ is a is a wreck. Be sincere, be consistent, and be zealous. Second Timothy 1, 7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. We're not to be afraid. We're not to run. The Bible says we're more than conquerors. We're not to be those who run from trouble, run from trials, run from fear. There is no fear if you're in Christ. God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And I'm going to leave you with Jude, verse 24, which says, Now unto unto him that is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. I want that. I want someday to stand before him with exceeding joy. Don't you? I mean, have it coming out of every pore. Exceeding joy. Beyond any joy I've ever had here. Why? Because it didn't run. Amen? Maybe I wasn't the best follower, but it didn't run. Amen? Hey, you hadn't run yet? Don't run. Trouble's coming. I can tell you, troubles are coming. Don't run. And I, I and this morning I'm gonna tell you. I, maybe I'm not talking to you in here this morning, but I won't tell you. Anybody's listening to me? Don't get in a hurry. And you hurry to the wrong thing. Make you call it an election. Sure, if the Lord's drawing you today, if the Lord's shown you that you're lost, if the Lord showed you that you need to be saved, come to Him quickly. But I urge you not to get caught up in anything this world has to offer. You look to the Word of God. You look to the Lamb of God. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and he'll give you something inside of you that will generate a love in you like you've never known. And I urge every one of us to heed the warning and examine ourselves and make sure that we're, that we're, that we're number one, that we're saved, but number two, that we're following and that we're not running every time some little something comes. We don't run and hide, that we're not taking vacations on the Lord, that we're staying the course, that we're consistent, that we're faithful. There was one who stayed by his side, and that was Apostle John. He didn't have to run, see. God took care of John, didn't he? Amen. John didn't even end up dying. Not, not a martyr's death. No, God took care of him all the way, died a natural death. God can take care of you in the middle of trials. Don't run. Don't get in a hurry. Keep your eyes on Jesus, and he'll lead us through. Let's stand together. (laughs) Number 394 in the red book, we're going to sing a song of invitation. The Lord's dealt with your heart this morning about something. These altars are here for you to pray. I urge you to come, and let's do business with the Lord. Father, we pray now that that you work in this invitation. Father, we pray that you that you show us, Lord, our need. Father, show us what we need to come and repent of. Father, show us, Lord, uh, the areas of our life that need to be shored up. Father, we just pray, Lord, for the lost sinners out there who need to be saved. Lord, this be the day of salvation. Father, we pray you bless this invitation in Jesus' name. Amen.
All to Jesus I surrender, all to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. I surrender all, I surrender all, all to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. Let's sing it last verse. All to Jesus I surrender, Lord, I give myself to Thee. Fill me with Thy love and power, let Thy blessing fall on me. I surrender all, I surrender all, all to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. Amen. Well, praise God. I pray you have a blessed afternoon.